Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast today on the 4th of June 2018. So before we get into anything, I just, just, just before I started up, uh, started recording, I found this video that's about 30 to 40 seconds long. That is just awesome. So I think I have to play it for everyone. Uh, here it is. I need you guys to go. Okay. I need you to go. Thank you. I gotta go to work. Hope you enjoyed my yard. Have a good day. Bye now. Okay, tell me that's not awesome. Tell me that is not the funniest thing you've seen in a while. <laughs> That really is the most Canadian way to get a bear to leave your yard. It only would have been even more Canadian if it ha they happened to be a family of moose that were in uh, that were in the guy's yard. So let's start off today. We are only a few minutes out. Uh, sorry, a few days out from the Ontario election. And uh, I know that a lot of people are still unsure about what they want to do, who they want to vote for they're not happy with the choices right now so uh, so they're trying to figure out when comes June 7th on Thursday what are they going to do who are they going to put their name down for now I actually think this is uh, it, like for the most part this happens to be the problem when it comes to I think a lot of PCs uh, party members because they a lot of there seems to be mixed feelings about Doug Ford about whether they want to vote for him whether they want him to be premier And I, I understand that. I understand where some people are coming when it comes to Ford because of his past, because of his, uh, his bro who his brother was, and some of the stuff that his brother uh, had done, mostly relating to the, uh, mostly relating to him smoking crack. Some of the things that he ended up saying to the media. Although, can we all just admit that one of the greatest lines in Canadian politics is when Rob Ford said, uh, "As for the woman who uh, claimed that I." Um, that I ate her out, you know, I'm a happily married man, I got enough to eat at home, like, come on, you got, that is literally the best fucking line you're going to hear in Canadian politics ever. But uh, for me, the choice is not difficult. I think that's been pretty obvious, considering that I've been more or less uh, supportive of Doug Ford since he came into the uh, scene a few months ago, ever since he threw his name in for the, uh, the Progressive Conservative nomination. So I have no problem voting for the man, and I went to one of his rallies to get some footage just uh, the other day. Uh, I think it was Saturday evening. I don't know, all the days are a blur now, so... Yeah, yeah, it was the 2nd of June, so he, like I was at his rally, and I got to listen to him speak. It wasn't up there for too long. But all in all, I, I actually like what he's going to do with his party, so so I'm going to be voting for Doug Ford. And I do still encourage every other member who find themselves on the right, who are more conservative, to vote for the man, because the other options are not good. Well, I guess it would be the other option. It's been official now that Kathleen Wynne has dropped out of the election. And she's more or less just trying to campaign the rest of the last few days as trying to push for not a uh, not getting an NDP or PC majority government. But really, more than anything, I think his her main goal is to make sure that the PCs don't have a government. They want a majority government. They they probably would not have a huge problem if uh, if it came to the NDP. They I know that they still differ on a lot of opinions, they still differ on a lot of policies, but more or less they're two sides of the same coin. If anything, like it's very similar in the in provincial politics as what's going on in the federal, where Jagmeet Singh, his main problem with Justin Trudeau is not so much the policies, but more to do with how far Justin Trudeau takes those policies. Jagmeet Singh wants to see Trudeau take those policies farther. 
That's exactly the same problem that Andrea Horowath has with uh, Kathleen Wynne. She wants to see Kathleen Wynne take these policies to the next level, but she's not. And from Horowath's position, from the NDP's position, they, excuse me, from their position, they are failing uh, the people of Ontario when they don't take it to the next level. And as Ford said on that rally that I was in, he said, you know, the Liberals are bad, but the NDP are even worse. Absolutely true. I mean, we can already look at what has happened under the Liberal government over the last uh, over the last 15 years since they've been in charge. But if we let the NDP get into char in charge, especially if we gave them a majority government, then everything you hated about Wynne is going to be amplified so much more with underneath Andrea Horwath. She wants to raise your hydro rates right off the start, like almost day one. That's she wants to raise your hydro rates by almost 25 percent. She wants to put uh, she wants to add at least at least an extra 20 cents on your gas prices. And I think I'm actually uh, under I think I'm uh, lowballing that it may even be higher. It might be like 30, 35 cents per liter on your gas. We're talking about close to two liter uh, two bucks a liter for gas. I mean, when right now I think on Ontario it's sitting around a dollar thirty or something like that per liter for gas, and that's bad enough. Enough people have problems making ends meet with that. But what is going to happen when that goes up to two dollars a liter? A lot of people won't be able to afford it. Now I think this is part of their plan too, is they want to encourage people to use tr public transportation and other means, whether that has to be cycling, taking the bus, carpooling, yada yada yada. But the thing that irks me about things like that, especially when we're talking about people who want to encourage more people to go to uh, take public transportation, is you. none of these politicians ever take public transportation unless it's for a photo op. I mean, how many people have actually seen Andrea Horwath take the bus to work? I have seen one picture of Andrea Horwath on the bus, and I can tell you right now it had to be staged. It had to. Because the amount of people that were on there was very slim. There was maybe a few people sitting back there. Well, I would love to see a picture of Andrea Horwath on the bus during at about oh seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning when you're packed in like fucking cattle. Everybody's miserable in there because you have uh like you literally feel like a piece of meat as you're just on these busing and not to mention that there's enough problems with I don't know how the rest of the of Ontario is but we have enough problems in Ottawa where the buses don't show up on time the buses are just crap like we can have sometimes where one is 20 minutes late and then two buses the exact same bus go by at within a minute of each other So they're always talking about this, encourage people to take public transportation. Well, their public transportation sucks. The drivers and their attitudes that you have suck. So that's why a lot of people don't want to take public transportation. What about biking? Well, sure, I guess so. I mean, I know a lot of people that bike to work and bike around. My main problem with this is has to do with, I actually disagree with the idea of bikers being on the road. I think bikers should be on the sidewalk. It's one thing that actually uh, makes me stop biking these days is being on the road. How many times do we hear of a biker getting run over by a by a driver? Now, it's not like it's all the driver's fault. I've seen plenty of bikers do stupid, stupid thing. I was one time driving with um, my boss. We were coming back from a job that we were doing, and uh, he was talking to me. And just for a second, he just turned to me to say something to me. And then out of nowhere, a biker on the left, on, who was on, coming down the sidewalk, just boom, right in the middle of uh, the lane, just comes out and is trying to pass over because he was driving. Uh, we were going this way and the biker was going this way. So he tried to cross over in the middle of the intersection over to the right-hand side. And if I had not been there to tell him, my boss, I was like, whoa, watch out. He probably would have hit him. So it's not like it's all one-sided. It's not like all the biker. It's not like the bikers never do anything wrong, and the drivers are always at fault. Everyone's always at fault. I walk a lot, but to say that pedestrians don't also put themselves in the line of fire, though in dangerous positions like that, it would be a lie. Because I've seen plenty of pedestrians that try and jaywalk in the middle of of heavy traffic. I've seen many that try and run across the street when it's already a red light, just because they don't want to wait for uh, the next green light, that next hand to come up the next uh, walking sign to come up. But the reason that I want bikers to be on the sidewalk is because 
it's a lot less uh, dangerous for pedestrians and bikers to be on the same uh, lane than it is for bikers and cars to be on the same lane. I mean, we're talking about a 150 pound person and a uh, and a 20 pound bike in comparison to a two ton steel machine. And I've I've seen plenty of bikers uh, like biker memorials of people who have been killed by getting hit by cars. But I really need somebody to point me to one example well, maybe more than one. I'm sure people can point me to at least one. But point me to at least a few examples of uh, of pedestrians getting killed by bikers. Sure, pedestrians do get hurt by bikers if they ever run into them. But all in all, it's the danger isn't quite the same. But our politicians, they always encourage this. And none of them, most of them, really don't take any public transportation. Most of them really don't take their bike to work. I mean, Catherine McKenna loves to take her photo ops with her bike, but do you really think that she's biking to work every day? I could be wrong, but I highly, highly doubt it. Meanwhile, they have their drivers. They got their own cars, and they got their own methods to get to work. They can afford the increase in gas prices. I mean, Andrea Horwath, you just need to look at her salary to prove that she doesn't actually believe in the things that she talks about. She pulls in, like, what, 150 k a year almost? Um, then she is actually part of the problem. She is part of the rich elite that is stealing from the working class, the lower class, the one that she likes to campaign for. And But at the same time, she's going to tax the shit out of us. It's not really going to affect her too much. It might a little, but all in all, she's going to get walk away with her big-ass salary while the rest of us who do work minimum wage, the rest of us who do only have enough to make ends meet, you know, every bi-weekly from paycheck to paycheck, we're the ones that's going to suffer because of it. The other reason that I actually have support for Doug Ford in this upcoming election has to do with the fact that um, that even if you don't like Doug Ford, his policies are better. His policies are actually going to ensure a lot more of our prosperity than an NDP party would. I mean, even if you don't believe him very much when he talks about being for the people. And I understand that a lot of people have reservations for that. Doug Ford is a politician, and you can't actually take everything they say at heart. My support for Doug Ford has mo mostly to do with the fact that I think he is the best option for Ontario. I think he would be, out of all the candidates, the best choice that we have. That doesn't mean that when he gets in, if he gets in office and he becomes premier, that I'm going to agree with everything or he's going to do everything that I like. I'm going to take it on a day-to-day -day basis, on a policy-to-policy -policy basis. If he puts something out that I think will work and that I like, I'll support him. If not, I'll be here criticizing him because I think it'll be a stupid decision. So the one thing I just I feel like maybe I haven't been clear enough in is that I'm not just a die-hard Doug Ford fan. I will support him no matter what. It more has to do with the fact that I actually believe that uh, that the other options are so much worse. And the thing is, too, is a lot of people who have, live in Toronto, they do talk about what the Ford family has done for the people of Toronto. A lot of them have talked about how they did good things for the people of Toronto. When I was at the rally uh, on a couple days ago, I met a woman named Andrea, and I just realized I still got a text her because I told her I'd send her some of the footage that I caught. Oops. I'll do that probably after this. But she were, uh, she started up a website called Indie Poly. And so it's more about, uh, at the moment, as I haven't had too much of a chance to look through it, but as I can kind of tell, it's about people who want to run as independents in, uh, in elections. More to do with, I think, more local elections, such as uh, municipal or uh, provincial elections rather than really federal. But it's supposed to kind of help them figure out what they have to do uh, in order to um, to get themselves on the ballot and sort of get their names out there. But she was talking to me about how she uh, she lived in uh, she lived in uh, the Toronto area, the GTA area at the time when the Fords were more in charge, when Rob Ford was uh, was the mayor and when Doug Ford was sitting on city council. And she was talking about a lot of the things that they have done. Another thing that a lot of people have to uh, have to refute, in my opinion, has to be the fact that uh, what Rob Ford has said, uh, sorry, not Rob Ford, what Doug Ford has said a few different times, and I have yet to find anybody that has actually said that he's wrong, 
is when he's talked about when they outsourced the garbage in on in uh, uh, Toronto. When they did this, they managed to save the they saved millions of dollars for the city, and nobody lost their job. Well, I have yet to find the Liberals, the NDP, or any media outlet that has actually refuted this. Maybe I've just missed it, but so far, no one. And that's a big claim to make. That's also another thing that he said a few times, and he also said at the rally in Ottawa just a couple days ago, is that in his policies, he's going to make the cuts, but nobody's going to lose his job. That's a big promise to make. And I can't actually guarantee that it's going to happen, but I can guarantee one thing, is that less people, even if people do lose their jobs, less people will lose their jobs underneath Doug Ford than underneath Andrea Horwath. Andrea Horwath will tax you out of, uh, out of existence. They will tax you out of your job. We look at what happened when Kathleen Wynne raised the minimum wage. Jobs became much more, more scarce. Jobs became uh, more part-time. And a lot of people that were working part-time had their hours cut simply because their their companies could not make the ends meet. Uh, we also have the uh, what we also have what happened with Hydro One is that uh, we have uh, Win who sold off our Hydro One, and uh, well, your hydro rates have skyrocketed. Plus, the people at the top, the executives, are the ones making millions of dollars now. So you know where all your rates are going to. You know where all that extra money is going to. It's going to these individual people. These rich millionaires are the ones that are taking all your money for their own personal gain. A lot of people need to get off this idea that the conservative party is actually for the rich and elite because it's really not. They may uh, be more pro-business, but that has to do more with uh, helping out the businesses succeed because if the businesses succeed, then they, they can hire on more people. More people have jobs. Doug Ford wants to fire the $6 million man. I am all for that. Absolutely. This guy that is getting rich off your fucking tax money and the six million dollar man is the uh we're talking about hydro one the one who owns hydro one he's the one who's making six million dollars a year underneath this policy underneath uh with everything that kathleen Wynne's done he's the one raking in most of the money but then also like his closest i think 15 executives are also bringing in large sums of money so this is what kathleen Wynne Wynn has done and Andrea Horwath wants to expand on a lot of the policies that uh, Kathleen Wynne has made. She wants to raise the minimum wage even more to, fit, to make the $15 meet. But then if we look at her plan, if we look at what her party wants to do when it comes to, uh, when it comes to solving the Hydro One. They say they want to buy it back. Well, how are, when they're asked, how are we going to do, do this? They want to print money. Print a bunch of money and that way we can buy it back. Well, that is the fastest fucking way to water down your dollar. That is the fastest way to make the loony insignificant. It is a terrible idea, and the a lot of these NDP uh, members don't have the experience that they should. I mean, if we can compare uh, Christine Elliott, who would be the finance minister for the uh, Progressive Conservative Party, to, um, I can't remember the name of the NDP guy, but uh, he himself, he has no experience when it comes to dealing with finances. He's very little experience when it comes to dealing with business. However, when we talk about um, Christine Elliott, Christine Elliott does have the experience. Christine Elliott does have the, uh, ah, here we go. Hold on, let me just switch this over. There we go. So here we got a side by side. Joel Harden is the guy's name. We have Christine Elliott on the left, experienced in operating and managing a business, long record of supporting Ontario with special needs, fought for better health care as Ontario's patient ombudsman. Joel Harden, ac uh, academic with basically zero experience in the real world, wants to add 35 cents of new tax on every liter of gas, advocates for le uh, far left social issue uh, left socialist causes. So this is who we have going up against. And the other thing that I think is very important to bring up is the fact of um, Christine Elliott is the wife of the late great Jim Flaherty. Jim Flaherty was the federal finance minister during the 2008 financial crash. Now, even I've heard a lot of liberals 
give Jim Flaherty credit for what he did because Jim Flaherty worked hard and long in order to uh, in order to preserve and mitigate the damage uh, that was coming because of the financial crash. Because of this, a lot of Canadians did not have the same problems that uh, a lot of the same problems that the Americans had. We were hearing countless stories of people having to foreclose their homes, foreclose their businesses, packing up everything, dropping their keys off at the bank, and driving away, not knowing where their next shelter was going to come from, their next bed was going to come from, their next meal was going to come from. Well, a lot of Canadian families were spared this fate simply because of the excellent work of Jim Flaherty. So her, that, she was married to him for a long time. I think they were married for about 20 years or so before he, before he died. So she herself has, run, has managed businesses. She was married to one of the greatest financial ministers we ever had. She has the experience, and I, she has a lot of my trust in uh, when it comes to being finance minister. I wasn't so sure of her being actual premier of Ontario when, uh, she was, when we were going through the progressive conservative leadership race. But she actually, out of uh, a lot of them, was actually not too bad. I mean, I, could you imagine Caroline Mulrooney at the head of this? I don't think we would be doing very well right now if Caroline Mulrooney was the head of the uh, Progressive Conservative Party. I could be wrong because she was more of a red Tory, more of a left-leaning conservative. And But for me, my main thing had to do with <clears throat> she was being sitting there being critical of, um, of Justin Trudeau and his policies. But then also at the same time, her father seemed like uh, uh, Brian Mulroney was a big supporter of uh, was a big supporter of Justin Trudeau. He worked with Justin Trudeau. He even said things like you underestimate Justin Trudeau at your own peril, blah, 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 blah. So, of course, Brian Mulroney does not speak for his daughter, but I couldn't really see them being too different from each other. Uh, she still spoke pretty highly of her father. I'm not expecting her to trash her father, but, you know, I thought she'd be at least be critical of him and his association with Justin Trudeau. But I honestly heard nothing when it came to her talking about, uh, about being critical of her father. So between all the other options, I, the liberals, no way they're going to win. Kathleen Wynne has already admitted defeat. So right now we're down between the PCs and the NDPs. Those are your two choices. You have on one side a man that you probably you may not like, maybe you do, but a lot of people don't like the man himself, don't want him to be premier, but he has a pretty solid team that backing him up. On the other side, we have Andrea Horwath, who has given deflecting answers worthy of Justin Trudeau and her radical NDP party. Very radical. My last episode of the podcast that I did was we were covering all of the things that her people wanted to do, all of the radical things they wanted to say. They're anti-police. They're anti-veteran. They're against businesses. They want to uh, up your taxes. They want to up your hydro rates. Like, how is any of this supposed to help you out? Oh, and worst of the worst, they want to make Ontario a sanctuary province. Well, we just have to look at what's going on in the states with these sanctuary provinces. They ain't doing so well. We uh, just need to look at Europe at a lot of things that's going on. It, with uh, they more or less without uh, sure some places have called themselves a sanctuary uh, sanctuary state, but more or less they have become a sanctuary state without actually officially saying it. Ple places like Germany, places like France. Well, how are those areas doing? Not so fucking great. Is this the Ontario you want to live in? It ain't the Ontario I want to live in. If the NDP were to get in, I would at least see what my options were in other provinces. Not that I would move immediately like she wins. I'm out. I would kind of stay and see how things go and maybe there's something that we can do to fight back. But all in all, I would not want to live in, the, in a province that is a sanctuary province. So those are your two options. However, there is a meme going around right now about people who 
they say it's for people that don't like uh, any of the parties, but I do think it's a pretty calculated campaign against one in particular party. I'm sure you can tell once I show it to you. It's funny, though. I'll give credit where it's due. It is a funny meme. If you don't like your other options, then you can vote for General Zod. General Zod for Premier. <laughs> this has been kind of going around a little bit, and it's funny, you know. I get it. It's kind of making fun of everything that's going around. But you just look at this sign, and some people have actual signs of it up, like this guy, this one here, like, there you go, you got this one here. It's funny. But as we look over it, it's pretty clear who the attack is against. The blue sign, obviously the conservative sign, it is almost identical to the conservative sign. And then at the bottom, it even has a slogan, less evil than the other guy. Well, who could they be talking about in that situation? Who could the other guy be? It ain't Kathleen Wynne. It ain't Andrea Horwath, meaning there's only one other choice. It is clearly an attack against Doug Ford. It, I think it's kind of crap. I think it's the whole idea is, uh, you know, it's funny, but it's kind of a cheap shot. I mean, there's plenty of reasons not to like the liberals or not like the NDP, but you don't really see these same... Uh, you don't really see these same things getting pushed. You don't really see these same uh, these same memes getting pushed on the other side. Like people don't actually have a sign sitting up in their lawn that's making fun of the NDP or the Liberal Party. And even what I one thing I've been seeing too is I've been seeing a lot of um, I've been seeing a lot of attacks against conservative campaign slogans against sorry conservative campaign signs. I mean, I've seen a few pictures of the of conservative members, uh, like regional members, having their uh, having their signs ripped up or being stolen. And there was one actually. It was a video that came out that was a I believe it was a Wonderland employee ended up full out going up up stealing someone's conservative sign, punching it a few times, throwing it in his back trunk before he got back in the car. And him and his buddy, I think it was, ended up driving away. Now, I don't know what ended up coming out of that because apparently Wonderland at least put out on Twitter that they acknowledge that they've seen this and they're looking into it. Whether something comes out of it, I'm not sure. But I was hearing a lot of this going on during the 2016 campaign as well. I was hearing a lot of these... Uh, I was hearing a lot of these stories of Donald Trump having his stuff, uh, having a lot of his signs stolen by people who would just come running onto their property. And it got so bad to the point where people started booby-trapping their, uh, booby-trapping their signs. I saw one actually not too long ago. I'll see if I can pull it up real quick. Just give me a second. Uh, yeah, here's a compilation of it. We'll just... Things that people do. This one attached. It's attached to a rope or a string or something. So the person comes running up. It Another one that I did see, I wanted to see. Yeah, it's uh, it's this one here. Yeah, it's a guy actually. Guy yeah, a few people. A I don't Trump think this is the one I saw. Uh, I originally saw, but like people have right, so booby trapped no by putting like electricity running current running <laughs> through it in order to prevent people from stealing their signs. I gotta admit, I'm not just trying to be biased. I'm being quite literal. I don't see this from the other side. I don't see a liberal sign or an NDP sign or even going to America, a democratic sign like Hillary Clinton that were actually getting stolen and that were being stolen by people. And it just... It seems to me that there seems to be a subversion of the democratic process, a disrespect for the democratic democratic process from one side, one specific side, and it always seems to fall on the left wing of politics. Now, I'm not going to pretend like this is the majority. I mean, obviously not. Most signs that people put on their lawns go untouched. Most signs don't have to people don't have to worry about this. But my point is, is that even if it is a minority, there is one side that is willing to go against the democratic process. 
and this actually happened during the federal election too. I remember uh, before I was super, like really that big into politics, but I was sort of reading the paper just to sort of stay informed. There was a video of a cyclist who was cycling by a Stephen Harper sign. And he ended up stopping, going over, and ripping it up right there and trying destroying the sign. And it kind of made some, uh, I don't know if it necessarily made, like, federal headlines, like it made it all across the country. But there was clearly people who, uh, there was clearly a lot of people who were not, not happy because of it. But getting a little more back on track when it comes to the Canadian, uh, the Ontario election. The other thing is that a lot of people who don't like their options, a lot of people who don't like Doug Ford, don't like the current PC party, are starting to suggest on the right that maybe we they should go for other parties. Maybe there's a few third parties there that should be uh, that maybe we should investigate, we should vote for instead. This is a very bad idea. It's a bad idea because it splits the right-wing vote, which we can't afford right now. Splitting the right-wing vote will mean that uh, Andrea Horwath will win. And right now we need to stay a united party, a united group, a united political philosophy in order to ensure that we win. If we don't, then we're going to see an NDP government. Some that I've some people have suggested are what I got them written down right here, uh, like the Trillium Party, the Christian Heritage Party, or perhaps the Libertarian Party. If anybody watching this is actually thinking about that, then I highly encourage you to vote the conser Progressive Conservative Party this time around. Even if some of the members of these parties are saying that they're not really going for your votes in this election, but more want to build up their support, their popularity over the next four years and try and re-campaign to get into office or at least get on the, more on the ballot during, um, during the next election. And this is what I think people need to do. It's not the time to split the vote. It's not the time to go for a third option. Vote for the uh, Progressive Conservative Party now and then campaign promote any of these third parties afterwards it's just right now the other option is not good the other option would mean ndp dominance possibly an ndp majority and if you don't like high taxes if you don't like paying a lot if you don't like the idea of a sanctuary city if you don't like the idea of radicals being in, in queen's park if you don't like the idea of hell there's an endless supply of things we, we can go over then going for if you don't like this then you really do only have one real option because you're not going to uh you're not in the next few days going to get get enough support for these people for these parties that they're actually going to take on the ndp party all you're going to do is split the right wing vote and you will help usher in a ndp government and i honestly right now can't think of anything more terrifying than that Now I do have a serious question that I am I would like to hear what people have to say on it. So leave me a comment uh, comment below this video and let me know. But do you trust the polls when you've been seeing because when we see all these polls coming out, they're always saying something different. And it seems like a lot of the media put a lot of uh, put a lot into these polls, but. I, I don't, you know, it's just they've been jumping around too much to me. It doesn't really make sense. And the first thing first, too, I mean, we have to remember that on election night for the presidential um, for the presidential uh, election, they were um, they were saying that Hillary Clinton had it was either 90 or 95 percent chance of winning. Like it was more or less supposed to be a shoe in for her to win. And then by the end of the night, when all of the voting was coming in, it turns out that most of the country went red. Like a large uh, large amount of the states ended up going red, going for the Republicans, going for Trump. And then, so by the end of the night, it literally flipped that it was now 90 to 95% that Trump was going to win the election. And I've been seeing this also starting to happen as I've been sort of paying attention to the polls in the, uh, in the Ontario election, because it was just over a month ago that people were calling 
for a supermajority for Doug Ford and the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario. And then as over the month as it's gone by, it's things have completely flipped. Like things are completely different. And now as we look more towards what they're saying about the polls, we have things such as this. Well, right now, this is a more recent one that was put out the other day. It was talking about seat projection still as that. But we here we go. Canadian polls. We're starting just on about May 31st. So then we've been hearing about how the NDP and progressive conservatives are more or less neck and neck at a few points even the uh even the ndp were supposed to have overtaken the uh overtaken the pc party but as we kind of scroll through and take a look at these numbers they're constantly flipping oh this is a good one actually right here it's showing the projections of them so we go from 24 percent and 40 percent over here and it just keeps rising rising and now they're saying that we've over the ndp have overtaken the PC party. Now we're also hearing a little bit, it's just been back and forth. It's just been back and forth time and time again. And then again, this one most recently is talking about seat projection. Well, Doug Ford's going to get a majority government. And to me, it seems like I, I can't trust these polls because they're all over the place. I can't trust these polls because like, does it make sense to you that a month ago, people were willing to put all their support in Doug Ford and the PC party. They were going to have a supermajority. I don't think we've ever had a supermajority in Ontario ever before, but this was the projection that we were seeing. And then things started to change to the point where Doug Ford was trailing. Do you really think that almost 25% of voters that were going for Doug Ford's party suddenly flipped and went from the PC party all the way to the far left New Democratic Party? Does that make sense to you? Not at all to me. I mean, I know there's always people in the middle who aren't sure who they want to vote for. There's always people in the middle that are kind of like iffy on the whole matter. They'll kind of leave their options open maybe until later on. But that is a huge, huge drop in support. And it's such a far way to go. You're going from a more almost a social conservative candidate to a socialist candidate candidate and socialist policies their platforms are not even close they have one or two things that they want to do the same but more or less they are very different people very different parties so why would these people jump so far one way only to jump so far the other way i just really can't trust the polls anymore and as i kind of look at who runs the polls and the type of people that are in charge of these uh, running the polls they do seem to have a left-wing bias which makes me believe that these are actually more manipulated, that the idea of the polls is actually to try and influence your political decision. They are trying to tell you how to vote. And if you see people starting, if they were to take those polls and say supermajority for the conservative party and then bring that down, 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 down until they're neck and neck, it may actually encourage some people to vote for the NDP party, possibly. To me, it seems like an orchestrated campaign in order against the PC party. I mean... The coverage has been absolutely one-sided. Like, I have not been able to find much when it comes to criticism of the NDP party. There's been so much about these candidates, so much about their radical policies and what they've said that the media has just let go. But any little thing that has affected Doug Ford's campaign, they have plastered it every fucking where. You can't fucking turn on a news source without seeing it. You can't go to CBC, you can't go to CTV, you can't go to Global, you can't go to Global and Mail. And all these other ones that are willing to, uh, uh, and all these other, uh, news outlets without seeing the same story that is um, that negatively gives Doug Ford negative press. And the worst of the worst of this, in my opinion, has been the Toronto Star. The Toronto Star is shit. They have they need to change from being a media outlet, being a news outlet, to being a political activist a blog or something like that, because they have just been so one-sided, so against the PC party, and so in favor of at first Kathleen Wynne, but then more Andrea Horwath as she started to overtake Wynne in the polls. And I do believe that Andrea Horwath has seen a rise, without a doubt. I don't think they're necessarily lying in that. But I think those were disillusioned liberal voters that went more to the left, because Granted, they say that the Liberal Party is supposed to be a center-left uh, party, but it really isn't. They, Kathleen Wynne has tried, well, it's actually been a policy of both the federal and the Ontario Liberals that they've outflanked the Liberals on the left. They've outflanked, uh, sorry, they outflanked the NDP on the left. They actually tried to go farther to the left 
in order to gain those uh, those voters that would vote NDP but instead go for the liberal ones. This worked for Justin Trudeau in the 2015 election where he where he made uh, Thomas Mulcair the more center left uh, the more center left candidate than the liberals. I mean, it was unbelievable. And one thing that would piss me off if I was an NDP supporter is the fact that the liberals have been time and time again stealing the platforms, stealing the policies that have been put forward by the NDP in order to for to make themselves look better or try and gain more support. This shouldn't surprise anyone because Kathleen Wynne has proven before that she's willing to steal from other people in for her own benefit. The most perfect example is, um, I always forget their name. I always forget their name. I'll see if I can quickly find it on here. But, uh, one second. Yeah, here it is. One second, just give me one second just to pull it up, actually, officially is, yeah. It's, uh... Concerned Ontario Doctors. This one. So, they have been a long time. They were critical of Kathleen Wynne and her policies. They actually were... Uh, they were actually very much against... Um, they were very much against Kathleen Wynne throughout this whole election because they they blamed her as being one of the main uh, main people responsible for the situation that a lot of nurses and doctors find themselves in these days with having ha uh, hallway care, not enough people to uh, to to take care of the patients, stretching them to the limits, cutting their uh, cutting their finances, cutting their funding, making it a lot difficult for them to do their jobs. So they started uh, putting out the actually again I'll we'll show it right here. Right down here, if you can see, is care, hashtag care not cuts. That was their theirs that they ran on. Care not cuts. Kathleen Wynne stole that. She fucking stole it from them and started campaigning on care not cuts. And she used it to attack Doug Ford because Doug Ford wanted to use these. Uh, he wanted to make some cuts to the sector. They're like, well, no, no, we need care, not cuts. Hashtag care, not cuts. Literally stealing it from them. And when people started uh, started to notice this, when people started calling her out for this, she, started, uh, she changed it to hashtag care over cuts. But she completely stole these from these people, which means that she was clearly aware of how upset they were with her, yet they... Uh, Yet despite this, she didn't recognize these this group of Ontario doctors, she or nurses, and she used it for her own uh, own advantage. This is the same thing that she's done with the NDP, and this is also the same thing that Trudeau and his government has done with the NDP. They've ta they've adopted a lot of their plat uh, a lot of the NDP platform, which then also makes the NDP look irrelevant. Now I'm not really defending the NDP in this. I really could not care less about the N the new Democratic Party. I, in the past, I said that I actually wasn't, I didn't mind Thomas Mulcair when he was in charge. Like, I, I gotta admit, I really didn't mind Mulcair. I actually liked the way that he called out Trudeau a lot of ways. I actually wanted him to win the, um, when his leadership was contested. I wanted him to, uh, I wanted him to win the vote, but then they decided to vote on a new, uh, new leader. And the other candidates were even worse. They were even more farther left. Like, uh, it was, ugh. I did not like any of them that were really going in. And in my opinion, Jagmeet Singh was not the worst they could have voted in, but he was the second work because uh, there was another candidate. I'm trying to remember her name. Give me one second. I am just blanking today. And she was even worse. Nikki Ashton. I kept wanting to say Nikki Haley, but that's the... Uh, the U.S. Um, representative to the United Nations, but Nikki Ashton was the worst candidate that could have won that uh, could have won the uh, election for the NDP. But Jagmeet Singh is not any better. Jagmeet Singh is just as bad as any of the other ones, and he, he really was not uh, a good choice for them. I'm sure from their perspective, he was. For the rest of Canada, he was not a good choice whatsoever. So I actually wanted to see Thomas Mulcair uh, rewin uh, re the uh, leadership, but I guess c'est la vie, eh? 
So anyway, yeah, the Liberals have just taken every opportunity to steal from their opponents, steal from groups that are against them in order for their own political gains. I think I may have gone a little off topic there because I was talking more about the polls, but again, just to end that part, I would like to hear what people have to say about these polls, whether you trust the polls, whether you don't. I said I don't, and I actually do think that Doug Ford is going to win the uh, the pre uh, the election for premier. I think he will, and I do think he's going to get his um, he's going to get his majority government. I fucking hope he gets his majority government. But even if that was if even if he wins, the NDP in the past, they the Liberals and NDP have been very uh, like they've been very hit and miss because they've talked about a coalition then Andrew Horwath says she's not going to do a coalition now the NDP is opening the door once again to a coalition with Kathleen Wynne in order to to fight against Doug Ford these people really can't get their minds made up but this is also what I think is uh going back to when I was talking earlier about why I support Doug Ford is another reason why I support Doug Ford because with Doug Ford what you see is what you get I'm not, don't have to ask myself, what type of a person is this? It's all out there. His whole family history is out there. You know who you're getting. I know that when I vote for Doug Ford, this is the guy who is, like, he's not going to be two-faced. He's not going to be a different person. And if he is, I'm going to have to come out here with my tail between my legs and say how fucking wrong I was. But with Doug Ford, what you see is what you get. It's not the same with the Liberals. It's not the same with the NDP. The NDP are more like the Joker from Batman. They will kill you with a smile. They say they're doing this for you, that their policies are for you, but it's not. The NDP policies are for them. Their only option is their only point is to get themselves into office. Andrea Horwath, with every controversy that has hit her N her NDP candidates, where the media actually has picked up on it and people have asked her about it, has always been defensive, never willing to uh, to give ground or apologize. But they have demanded apologies from every single conservative that posts a little bit of a controversy that has a little something they don't like. Well, you need to apologize. You need to apologize. My people? Oh, no, 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 no. They don't have to apologize. And that's when Andrea Horwath brings out free speech. That's when she's talking about free speech. Like she fucking cares. Like she actually cares about it. Not at all. Under Andrea Horwath's government, I can guarantee you, you will see even more rise in what is limited in your speech right now. More things will be considered hate speech. Islamophobia is going to be one of her main driving uh, tools for her campaign if she was become premier. She will use it to defend anything, any sort of restrictions. It's going to immediately be, well, Islamophobia is on the rise. Islamophobia is on the rise. Very similar to what Kathleen Wynne has done because Kathleen Wynne has pretty much said the exact same thing. But when it's her candidates, oh, now free speech is important. Free speech is important to everyone because when you, you have the people that advocate for free speech, they're actually also advocating for the opposition to have that free speech. But the thing is, is the they want you to have the free speech where you're not limited with laws. You don't want that you can, uh, they're not, you're not limited with laws, so that way you won't get arrested for saying the wrong thing. But that doesn't mean there aren't going to be controversies and you won't face repercussions for your free speech. People just want you to have the ability to say anything, but that means the other people have the ability to ignore you, and they have the ability to disavow you if they don't like what you say. That is completely fine. These, this is a double-edged sword of free speech. But on the other side of things, if you want to limit what people can and cannot say, now you're getting into a dangerous territory because it starts with the small things. Well, we need to limit hate speech because somebody's saying something really racist or really sexist. Okay, we're going to put some limitations on that. But then it becomes political opposition. Oh, you're not with us? Well, we can't have you saying anything that's against us. And maybe that's not the case in Canada yet, but it is the case in many other countries. It is the case when it comes to historically when you're looking at people that have put these limitations on free speech. Eventually, it's used to silence the opposition. 
And it always comes from the far left wing of politics. These are so many of the things you're going to lose if an NDP candidate become if uh, the NDP become the government in Ontario. So, when it comes to this June seventh, which is only three days away, Jesus Christ, we're already there, eh? Man, I can't believe we're only three days away from actual election time. Do the right thing. Vote for the progressive conservatives. They are really the only option to the people of Ontario. If you are going to vote for the NDP, then, in my opinion, you are very misinformed about the situation in our province. You're very misinformed about the, uh, about the political landscape. And you're very misinformed about the new Democratic Party. Voting for the Liberals? They only want you to vote for them now because so that way they, the other parties don't get a majority government. But that really has more to do with preventing Ford from getting a majority government. And even so, I don't actually believe the coalition will work between the NDP and the uh, Liberals because uh, I guess I'm being maybe a slight bit hypocritical. But according to the polls, <laughs> uh, according to the polls, according to projections, the Liberals are really not going to win many seats this election come around. We'll end up seeing what the result is, but if that's the case, then even if Doug Ford gets his majority government, a coalition between the NDP and the Liberals would not be enough seats in order to defeat Ford. It would not be enough seats to take control of the, uh, of the Ontario Parliament, of Queen's Park. So a coalition will probably not work. And sooner or later, they'll turn on each other, even if there is a coalition. It won't stand for four years, I don't believe. Eventually, they're going to get sick and tired of each other once they believe that they have, uh, once they believe that they actually have destroyed uh, Doug Ford or they have put him into submission. Then they'll start turning on each other, which will then that'll just destroy the coalition, and the and the control that they had in the parliament will be gone. So we'll end up seeing what comes in this election. I do hope that people make the right decision and vote for their PC candidates because it is, in my opinion, the only option that's out there. And last thing is uh, I will, I'm will i going to try and do a stream on uh, June 7th as the uh, polls are coming in. Uh, the polls. I will try and do a stream on June 7th as the results are coming in and uh, sort of try and do it in real time. We'll see how that works out. Uh, last few times that my streams have failed, I've tried using... What I'm using right now is called OBS. And that hasn't worked out for me. And I think it's because my computer doesn't have the processing power in order to stream and also do other shit on it. I always seem to... It always seems to freeze up on me or it's very um, stuttery. So I'm just probably going to do it through a normal Google Hangout, which is really limits my options in what I can do and show, but... It'll be the easiest way. I'm hoping soon to be able to buy a new computer, like an actual desktop, because I only have my laptop right now. And that when I do, I'm, I, that will give me a lot more options, a lot more computing power in order to be able to stream properly using OBS. But we'll see what ends up happening. It just seems like the streaming option takes up a lot more of my CPU than the, uh, than the recording option does. So we'll see what ends up happening. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I'm Adrian Lloyd. This is Just My Stupid Opinion.